Welcome one and welcome all. It is Tuesday, October 17th, 2023, 8.01 p.m. Central Standard Time. We were 60 seconds late. Apologies around here. I say we. It is the weekly Blog on the Boys Roundtable. We are live on the Blog on the Boys YouTube channel and the Blog on the Boys Twitch channel. We've been doing a lot more stuff on Twitch as of late. I'm uh, thinking about streaming myself playing Spider-Man 2 later on this weekend, but that's a, a conversation for later in the week. Uh, you can catch us every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Central Time on these platforms. You can also catch the rewatch on these platforms if that is more your cup of tea. You can also listen to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, subscribe to the Blog on the Boys Podcast Network. Leave a rating, write a review. Those things make us very happy. There are four of us here tonight. It is a day after Dallas Cowboys victory edition of the roundtable. We get generally one of these a year with the Cowboys having a, an annual Monday night football festivity that occurred on Monday night. The Cowboys victorious in their, um, I guess, westward home, SoFi Stadium, uh, the house that Jerry Jones built, so to speak. 20 to 17 against the Los Angeles Chargers. We are here to discuss it all. My name is RJ Ochoa and going in clockwise order, uh, which for the seasoned members of the audience, they know that this is the order of arrival. So Brandon Clements, you were first here. You are the early bird. How does the worm taste? Fantastic. I think it's the first time I've ever actually done this. Usually it's Tony or, or uh, last week it was Chris. So I feel honored to be in the, the pole position today. That's right. Um, this is a, a good week to make an F1 reference. What with the uh, United States Grand Prix happening uh, this particular weekend in uh, the Lone Star State. So uh, some early points for you, Brandon. Uh, who's going to win it? Give us a, a, a USA Grand Prix prediction. I would say Lewis Hamilton. I mean, that's an obvious answer. I didn't think you were going to have an answer ready. So that's some extra bonus points for you, uh, Brandon. You, um, you've got your thinking cap on today. Well done. Uh, David Hellman, um, you earned some extra points with your background of choice. Can you please explain it for the audio listeners only? Yeah, so if you if you watch the Cowboys uh, beat the Chargers, you saw that one moment where Kellen Moore on the sideline has his hands over his head and is kind of, I forget which play it was specifically, but looking at something where the play must have gone horribly wrong. And this is just a screenshot of his face with his hands up over his head, um, which for a lot of Cowboys fans was kind of what they were doing watching his offense sometimes last year. So I, I felt it was appropriate after the win after the, the Kellen Moore offense had their worst game of the season against the Cowboys, ironically, to have this as my background tonight. Um, that was right before their failed fourth down attempt, um, which was obviously something that brought us a lot of joy. I'm pretty certain that I took that photo, Hellman, because you tweeted at me um, I did afterwards. Pull it from your, from your you, you had four different ones to choose from, and, and yeah. I, I had a lot of options, but this one was great. Well done. Okay. So, um, you know, I'm partially responsible. That gives you even more extra credit, uh, piggybacking off of something I did. Danny Phantom, no extra credit for you tonight. You're coming in just straight up goose egg to start, uh, but we've seen people win roundtables in all shapes, forms, and fashions. Yeah, I um, I, <laughs> I don't know what to say to that, RJ. Well, Danny, actually, I want to start with you before we kind of get into uh, tonight's game that uh, I've developed in the lab all day long. Um, you have had some, speaking of tweets, some fiery tweets. You, you are worked up. Um, you know, I've never really seen you this worked up. I've known you for a long time. I've especially never seen you this worked up after a Cowboys win. Um, is that a fair categorization? Is my read on your overall disposition right now fair and accurate? I think so. I mean, I can't remember being this disappointed for a win. Yeah, that, that's correct. Oh. Okay. Well, that's going to make tonight's roundtable um, very, very 
Interesting. Tonight we are going to be playing a game that I did not prep them for, um, which is kind of my style around here. Um, I think I'm a pretty good planner. I think you would all would agree with that. But sometimes I like to keep you on your toes when it comes to a game that is live, um, which is, you know, the sort of general DNA of the roundtable. We're going to be playing better or worse. Uh, I'm going to be, you know, now that the Cowboys are at their bye week, and of course we'll have another roundtable while they're actually on their bye I'm going to look at a few things, and you're going to tell me whether you feel better or worse about the Cowboys. Some things will be relative to last week when the sky was falling and everything was terrible. Some things will be relative to the season beginning. Some things could be relative uh, to last season at some point in time. Does this make sense to everyone? Uh, Danny Phantom, since you are the most morose, uh, we want to make sure we get your seal of approval here. Sounds great, RJ. <laughs> Danny, uh, uh, Danny uh, Howman, are you ready to play this game? Uh, I was born ready. I have total faith in, in your judgment. So if you come up with it, I'm ready. I mean, uh, Brandon, I don't know how you can top that, but are you ready? Uh, I'm ready. I'm, I'm I'm more ready than I guess Phantom is. Uh, by the way, uh, Kevin has awarded you five points, Danny. He says, we need the negativity to stop people from overreacting today. Um, we'll see uh, how this goes. But better or worse? Um, do you feel better or worse, rather, about the Cowboys' decision to move on from Kellen more last night was an important one from a narrative standpoint with what the cowboys obviously taking on kellen moore's offense justin herbert is highly regarded uh had a bit of a tough go the first possession of the game was you know it looked like they were going to run all over dallas but then dan quinn put the clamps on good for him i've been trashing dan quite a little bit around here so um i'll eat that crow uh howman you are the most uh visually prepared i guess for this particular question um so after monday night do you feel better or worse about dallas's decision to move on from kellen um i think uh I mean, honestly, my, my position hasn't really changed one way or the other after that game, um, but I already felt better about it from the moment that it happened. Um, so I guess I'll say better just because I, I still feel like this was a move that needed to happen for both sides. Um, I mean, Kellen Moore, to his credit, he's, aside from Monday night, he's done a great job with the Chargers. The offense has been, you know, really firing on all cylinders. Um, and that's why it was so impressive what the Dallas defense did against this Chargers team. It was the first time they were held to, less than 20 points, you know, you, you could go through and list all these different things that they weren't able to do that they've done against other defenses so far this year. Um, and, and then, you know, with with the changes that Mike McCarthy has brought in, obviously it's still not completely where it needs to be. And there's been some issues. Red zone has been a struggle in, at times. Um, the, the complete goose egg that they laid against the 49ers was obviously terrible. Uh, there were some issues with the run game against the, the Chargers defense on Monday night that obviously need to get fixed. But overall, some of the things that the West Coast principles that have been introduced, I like. Um, I, I'm still waiting for it to really coalesce all together and, and become one finished product. But we're also six weeks in. I mean, I, I'm not expecting absolute perfection six weeks into to tweaking this offense and also incorporating uh, new elements into it, like Brandon Cooks, like Jake Ferguson stepping up into the tight end one role. So, um, I mean, I, I'm not ready to like do a full victory lap and say like, you know, Mike McCarthy totally won this this breakup or anything. Um, but but I never really thought it was that situation to begin with. This was just there, there needed to be a change of scenery for both. You know, Mike McCarthy needed to put his stamp on the offense. Kellen Moore needed to go somewhere where he could have full autonomy over the offense. And I, I think that both of them for the for the long haul, like they're they're just better off for having parted ways. So first of all, uh, great answer. But second of all, uh, I've been told by Tony Catalina, who's in the audience, that my audio was off um, early on. Does my audio sound better? I think I, I did not have my studio microphone. It, sound, it should sound... It sounds it, fine. It, 
sounds fine. good to me. So it sounds the exact same that it sounded before is what you're saying. Nothing yeah. is different. Yeah, well, so Tony different. Catalina is a liar, just so <laughs> we're all on the record. Because he slacked me and said that it sounded like uh, my audio is coming in through my computer's um, microphone, not the studio microphone that I have set up here. So, um, Tony, you lose points, uh, even though you're not here on the roundtable. Uh, Danny Phantom, uh, I see you chomping at the bit uh, on this particular question. Uh, by the way, Tony says y'all are lying in the chat, just so we're all clear about this. Um, so, you know, hey, we'll see. Um, yeah, what it is. But Danny, do you feel better or worse about the Cowboys' decision to move on from Kelly? You know, I, I I'm this I'm the same with uh with Halman. I, I I I my feeling hasn't changed as far as what I think. However, I, I disagree with him with pretty much everything else that he said. <laughs> um I mean honestly Thanks, I, I, I think if you try to look at this one game, you can kind of make some make some cases about you know Kellen wasn't that impressive and everything, but you shouldn't do that. You should look at things for for everything that you've seen. And I think Cowboy fans have seen enough to where, yeah, I mean, they're always look when, when we don't get the results we want. We are always looking for some scapegoat, and it's it's been Garrett, it's been you know defense, it's been Kellen Moore last year. But I think that to me, this isn't even something that that is a hard question. I mean, I am so disappointed with the state of this Cowboys offense. And it, and it's not just one thing. It's just so many things. So for me, uh, I, I think McCarthy is just dreadful as an offensive coordinator. Um, I think, you know, and you guys know this already. I, I thought he was kind of not very good toward the later part of his green Bay days um, as well. So I'm not overly surprised by this, but, how it's affected the Cowboys defense. They can't run the ball. Um, he's turned Dak into, he's just taken all the goodness from Dak. I mean, everything we saw last night, and I'm sure we're going to get to that, was nothing that was created from Mike McCarthy and the, the play calling. Um, so, no, I think it's, I think the Cowboys made a huge mistake, you know, uh, and McCarthy to me and Kellen Moore, they're just completely different. One tries to score points and the other just hopes that we come out with the win. So just to be clear, Danny, and I had a my dog was getting my slipper, so I had to attend to her. But um, so apologies. This is a rough night for me, apparently. Um, you're not necessarily upset about the decision to move on from Kellen. You're more upset about the replacement option the Cowboys went with. What with it being? No, no, I'm both. I, I'm okay. upset that to move on from Kellen, and then to replace him with McCarthy is it just uh, compounds it. So no. I'm wow. Okay. Double hit for Danny Phantom. T's and P's, my friend. Um, Brandon, I think we're going to have a clean sweep here. So I'm going to set you up with a new question, uh, which is sort of related to this, obviously. So do you feel better or worse uh, regarding our collective thoughts on the Texas coast? I hate saying this out loud, by the way. It's, I feel so cartoony saying Texas coast, but whatever. Um, but after the first two weeks of the season, Brandon, we were kind of, you know, he and Han. We were like, oh, man, all Kellen wanted to do was score points. Like Danny said, Mike McCarthy, he gets it. He's taken this low-hanging fruit. Um, you know, everybody needs to chill out and, and give Mike McCarthy his props. What he said at the combine about wanting to run the ball, y'all weren't listening properly. So I would say that was the peak of confidence in Mike McCarthy's offense so far on this young season. It has only cratered since then, um, I think is the collective opinion, but better or worse, um, your thoughts, uh, Brandon? I actually like it. I'm, I'm, I'm on the better side of things for, for this offense. You know, it's, you know, I, I get, I get Danny's point with, you know, with the whole, you know, you know, Mike McCarthy, Mike McCarthy does make some boneheaded uh, decisions sometimes like that, uh, that I don't know what it was. Like I called it magical on X last night. I'm like, Oh, 
So we went from eight seconds to three seconds at the end of the half there. We couldn't, couldn't throw at least one ball in the end zone and go get some points. So like, let's, Mike let's McCarthy- pause here, Brandon, because this is a, a important thing that happened. So excuse me for that, but the decision, because we haven't had like a group. I know you guys had the writer's block that came out obviously on Tuesday morning, uh, but we're here now with a live audience. So it's worth discussing. Um, what were your thoughts on the decision to fold with eight seconds left, two timeouts in the Cowboys pocket uh, from the LA 14 yard line in the first half on Monday night? I absolutely, I absolutely hated it. I was, I was ticked off. Like it, to me, like that's, that's Mike McCarthy in a nutshell. Like he's very conservative and, and that's the part of me that really doesn't, you know, like I like the style of offense. I've always been a fan of the West coast offense. I grew up watching it. So like, I really do like the principles. I, I do like that, that they run the ball. So, but Mike McCarthy, like there was no stones. He didn't have any stones at the end of that. Like, I was so confused until Joe Buck came on the air, you know, after the halftime halftime break, and he explained like the clock operator kind of just assumed, all right, yeah, they're probably just going to take a timeout here, and then even the clock operator was like, oh, I kind of surprised they didn't go, you know, go for it here. Like for me, like with eight seconds, like it's not that it's not that complicated. You're you're inside the red zone. You you know you you just tell Dak, you know, if, if there's if it's some, if something looks good, take the shot. If it doesn't look good, throw it in the dirt at someone's feet or throw it in the dirt and call it a day. And then, and then bring Aubrey in. Like, to me, to not take at least one shot at the end zone, to me, was just, you know, it, I just, I don't like that. I just, I think it's way too conservative. I mean, I get we still got the points, but regardless, if, if Dak would have just seen it and, you know, seen a, you know, guy open, could have had a touchdown. If he didn't like what he didn't like what the play was, just throw it in the dirt and call it a day and still get the points. Just not having the opportunity to do that really ticked me off. And I was, I like, to me, that guy was like, I, I'm glad the Cowboys obviously won the game. But I was at that point, I was steaming at halftime because I'm like, oh, great. This might be one of the reasons why the Cowboys lose the game. Thankfully, I was wrong. But overall, I was I was not pleased. Um, Howman, I'm looking forward to your analytics roundup later this week. Howman writes this every week at blogonthevoice.com. Um, the Cowboys offensively after week six rank 18th in offensive DVOA specifically. Now, they do rank 10th. Uh, in offensive EPA per play. So you could kind of pick what you want here to create the narrative that you want. But from a DVOA standpoint, offensively, Hamlin, they're behind the Denver Broncos. Um, and um, I don't mean to bring up Sean Payton, incidentally, uh, but th- Hamlin, I mean, Hamlin, yeah, Hamlin, you and I have been, I think, the most pro Mike McCarthy or the least um, aggressive towards jumping all over him. Although, Brandon, you are kind of our bright signing shun, um, our son uh, that shines upon everything. Uh, but that being said, Hamlin, I feel like we've been really patient with Mike McCarthy. I don't want to overreact, but I'm almost out off of the end of the first half specifically. Like that, that was enough to really kind of throw me off this ride that, that I want nothing to be a part of. That was such a cowardly move. I don't care about his explanation about wanting points because it was the end of the first half, whatever. You do not show up to these games to punt in that sense. But your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, the, the decision to to not take the time out there, um, I did not like it. Uh, I, I'm, I'm right there with Brandon as far as like, I mean, eight seconds, that's enough time for you to go and take a shot. And, you know, you just, you very clearly tell Dak like, hey, you, you get one shot, you throw it to the end zone. If you don't have it, like throw the ball away, make sure you don't take more than eight seconds. Um, hearing Mike, Mike McCarthy explain his thought process, like I, I get it. I understand his thought process. He had said that going into that drive, they were like cut off with seven seconds uh, of like, if it's, if it's seven seconds, like we're just, we're just going to go for the field goal there instead. Um, eight seconds, obviously it is more than seven seconds, but like just barely, I'm not too good at math, but I know that much. Um, so I, I understand, especially with 
with one, how much Dak Prescott was under pressure all night because it was a really bad performance from his offensive line. And also with some of the penalties that they had had throughout the game, but also just on that drive, I get being a little bit scared at that point about going out there and, and, you know, maybe some crazy fluky play happens and then you don't even have a chance for a field goal. So I understand it, but also yeah, it, it was conservative. I don't like playing conservative there. Um, as far as the offense goes though, I mean, it's, it, it really is tough just because there, there haven't, hasn't really been a whole lot of like meaningful football that the Cowboys have played. They've either been winning in a blowout or losing in a blowout. And this was the first game where you actually got to see the offense operate like they would in a more or less neutral game situation. And, you know, to, to the point about like, you know, the comments Mike McCarthy made about like running the ball back in back at the combine. I mean, right now the Cowboys for the season are, they have the 11th highest early down pass rate uh, against the Chargers. They ranked in just week six, they were 10th in early down pass rate. So like, I know we got on them a lot for some of those second and long runs that they called. And those were bad calls. And most of the time they didn't work out. But as far as like the actual numbers of how much they were throwing it on early downs relative to just trying to you know, run the ball right into a, a brick wall on first and second down and burning the play, um, which was a problem under Kellen Moore. It hasn't really happened a whole lot with the Cowboys this season when they've been in those normal game situations. Um, so that that's that's one thing that does still give me some optimism. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, like I said, it's it's six weeks. Not a whole lot of those games have actually been like super valuable data to pull conclusions out of. So um I, i'm i'm still i really don't have much to say like definitively one way or the other uh but i am still hopeful um uh, danny this was the subject that that i saw most of your tweets about uh was the end of the first half whatever you want to call it from mike mccarthy so to hit some of the comments we have danny kevin says i was fine with that it shows you mike doesn't trust Dak, and for good reason kevin then offered given Dak's screw up in the playoffs with nine seconds left in the playoffs two years ago can you really blame mike for not trusting Dak in that situation uh lord says uh, not the artist uh rulers is a great song uh we won by three uh that was the three i'm fine with it but it makes me question if he doesn't trust Dak. david smith says doesn't trust Dak to execute uh ninja nuts says well if he doesn't trust Dak, then his trust is misplaced because four won that game last one before your thoughts danny kevin says mike is getting roasted for that imagine how bad it would be if they lost that's a losing attitude and a losing decision absolutely not beating top tier teams with that mindset and play calling danny Fanta. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know where to begin. I mean, it was upsetting. I, I've seen McCarthy uh, take this conservative approach um, before, you know, uh, several times, in fact. And it hasn't had the type of effect where it's like really stood out to where they, they come back after halftime and they still, we have an explanation for what happened at the end, you know. <laughs> I mean, I've never seen it to that degree before. But uh, I think, I mean, I've seen the Eagles drive down and on two plays in 17 seconds and get a touchdown because they were pushing it. You know, they were, they were, they were trying, you know, and then if McCarthy, if he doesn't trust Dak, then we got some big problems, but here's the thing. If, if he really was that concerned about that being risky and, and not any one of the points, then why did he go, go for it on fourth and short and, and do right. the, you know I mean, so take the points there because I'll tell you what's a higher percentage play is is your free play that you have right before you you kick a field goal. I mean, that's much um, safer than you know converting in fourth down there. Um, and he didn't. He he chose. And, and, and uh, to me, I don't care that they didn't make it. Good call. He they made the right call. 
you know, the Cowboys got beat in the line of scrimmage, but good call. But then to turn around, you have eight seconds and not to take a shot. It's, I don't even have words for it. It's, it's the kind of cowardless that this is what team losing teams do. This is what will get you bounced from the playoffs. This will, this is what gets you bounced from even making the playoffs. It's no way to coach a team. You have a quarterback that can make plays, and he he did that last night. And you're not going to at least give him a chance, like you, like you. I mean, it's almost like he's playing with an emergency quarterback or a backup that doesn't know the playbook or something to where he, he doesn't want to take any chances at all. But he didn't. He has Dak, and that's just there's just no excuse for that. This I it's been a long time. I and I, I honestly I can't even remember when I've seen a more a worse coaching call the, know, the answer the um i always thought this was overblown but the answer is jason garrett icing dan bailey no that's it's it. not rj because i seen the that's kicker the, is not that's the most real that's the worst that one is what people kids. say that's that's, the, the, that's what people say no but, but like people, if if you're backtracking to like boneheaded coaching decisions that's the worst most recent one that's what i'm, I'm not saying this is that that's worse than this i'm just saying well that's the yeah, answer to your question that's the answer but it's the wrong answer because it's a fallacy and that's not even a right answer. This is an actual coaching mistake. So, and you seriously, you have to go back. If you want to say icing the kicker, fine. You know, you're not paying attention to football, but the, you just cannot find coaching mistakes. You have to go back to Switzer probably, or, or I don't even know Campo. It, it's really bad because it's, and, and the thing is, is McCarthy does little things like this. And, you know, we complained about him last year too, when he's doing things and we were winning and he just keeps doing it, and it's and it's going to come back to bite us. And it just I don't understand the mindset behind doing something like that. Kalman, you very politely raised your hand. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think uh, one first, I'll reiterate that I also did not like the move to not take a shot. Um, that said, I think this this is something that's ultimately being blown out of proportion, just because it it happened at the end of the half. It was on a nationally televised game. Um, but there, there's something to be said for a coach having their process. And, and that's what this really boiled down to. Like, like I said, McCarthy said that they're going into that drive. Their cutoff was seven seconds. They had like a process that they established of if we get to this point and, and this is where we're in, like, that's what we're, that, that's the decision making process sure. for us. And, yeah, and that's, they, made, you know, they made a decision when they were not emotionally compromised ahead of time. That's a fair, right. It's, it's not like he got to the play and then, you know, just made the decision on the fly similar to how they handle a lot of the fourth down calls where, you know, they'll, they'll say, you know, if we, if we get it's fourth down within, you know, three yards or whatever it might be, then we already know that we're going to be going forward on fourth down, or we already know that we're going to, we're going to send out the punt team because they have that process in place. So, I mean, you can, you can go ahead and then question the decision-making that leads to that process. But I also think, you know, it's, it's much more important to focus on, preserving the process than necessarily just questioning the results. Cause we, you know, everybody does that. I mean, just with the, with the chargers head coach, like everybody, he, he goes forward on fourth down all the time and everyone makes fun of him when he doesn't get it. And then when he does get it, you know, the, and then they say, Oh, he's a genius, but the process for him is ultimately still the same, how he makes those decisions. And I think it ultimately in the long run is a good thing that your coach has a clearly defined decision-making process and sticks to it rather than just kind of, you know, shooting from the hip and, and doing what he feels like. Uh, and, and by the way, if we're really looking for like one of the more boneheaded coaching decisions, more recent than than the icing Dan Bailey, I think is telling Tavon Austin to 
take a fair catch no matter against what. Minnesota. I was thinking about this while you were speaking. Uh, yeah, and, that's a great, that, that was, was the, the Vikings game four years ago. Great call. That was on right. Sunday night that, that was one that like still blows my mind to this point. So, um, and also just the reality is every single coach has clock management issues every single week. And it's usually the ones on the primetime games that we all talk about, but it's, I mean, this is something that just, you have decisions where someone's going to question you. Some there's going to be room for debate. I think it's not what I would have done, but I think in the long run, like. Is Hamlin freezing or is this my connection? I've had internet issues all day. So it's Hamlin. Okay. It's Hamlin. That was really dramatic. Um, obviously I, I have froze Hamlin. Oh yeah. I have frozen yeah. Hamlin too. And frozen Kellen for what it's worth. Um, yeah, back? yeah you're back. Um, just right. to, so uh, I would also offer in that same Vikings game um, on the possession that the Cowboys did not get points. Dak was dealing. And I remember tweeting about this. He was like six of seven for like 76 yards at that point in time. And then the Cowboys, I might be butchering the details, but like ran Zeke on second and third and goal. And and it just like completely neutered that drive. And it was um, it was a really, really tough scene for them. That was Kirk Cousins' first ever win on primetime um, that Dallas helped make happen. Um, Brandon, let's get to a question from the crowd. Um, Kevin says, I would love to ask the panel, you are the panel, um, do we put the penalties, because we're talking about Mike McCarthy here, specifically pre-snap penalties on the coaching? In my mind, it has to go on Mike McCarthy and staff. Brandon? Yeah, I think it, I think it does, too. I think you got to coach your players up. I think I think Kevin makes a great point there. I, I Mike McCarthy is known for this. Like, look at look at like the J. Ron Kerr situation last week. Like, he was lined up like he was a tight end on the offense. Like, how? I mean, yeah, the players have to be accountable as well. But you know, the the coaches like Bill Belichick literally he keeps his guys accountable. And this is a different scenario. But like, if a guy fumbles the ball, it doesn't matter if you're the best player on the team. You sit. Like, like he makes his players more accountable. I just think sometimes Mike Mike McCarthy kind of gets in his own way with these things. So I, I that I I agree with Kevin on that. I think I think it's on Mike McCarthy and the staff. I just it's one of those things that's very frustrating because we're one of the most I feel like we're the one of the most penalized teams you know year in and year out when we shouldn't be. And I think these things need to be cleaned up. And it's a year after year situation, but we're still here. We're still talking about it. So obviously it's not being corrected. So to me, that is on the coaching staff, and that needs to that needs to be corrected. Or you know again I'll I'll say it again. It, it you know the ceiling for the playoffs. You know, at this stage, it's still a divisional round because of things like this, because if you're not going to have these mental errors like in the, you know, in the rear view, then you're just not going to progress any further in the playoffs. These penalties are going to bite you in the the rear end when it matters most. And these things happen in the playoffs. I mean, we've seen it time and time again. It's just it's awful management by by uh, Mike McCarthy and his staff. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more 
and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Danny, we've seen penalties be an issue for the Cowboys in the Mike McCarthy era. We've seen blaming external factors. Remember that 2021 season, they blamed officials a lot. They obviously went out in really poor fashion after the wild car loss to San Francisco. Um, there has been a, a, a tendency to kind of shuck responsibility, even for things like penalties, particularly pre-snap ones. Yeah, well, first off, I want to defend Mike McCarthy here because <laughs> I think that I, I, it's important to just to, to be objective and be fair. And and I, and I can go on a long laundry list of things that, that, was, that McCarthy did wrong last night. But I want to say when you are having players line up offsides and you're having 12 men on the field and you're having these lack of undisciplined um, plays that's costing you, that's resetting the downs on defense, you know, that's, that's on Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn needs to clean those go. things up. And, and I mean, I, I, Dan Quinn's a great coach and his, his body of work, it, it, it definitely, it trumps, you know, what we've seen from McCarthy recently. So, I mean, I'm not even, there's no debate about like, you know, who's more at blame or something, but, Definitely, when it, you look at when you look at the things going on 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 defense, those are things on McCarthy. When you look at the offense, not knowing what they're they're doing, and you know they have to call a timeout. You let's you know you one thing about that halftime play we're not talking about is that you know they the Cowboys McCarthy had to call a timeout to to save a delay a game. Those guys aren't situated, and he doesn't have his act act together. Yeah, and that timeout would have been great you know at the end of the first half because then they wouldn't have had to we wouldn't have had this whole dilemma about you know McCarthy you know screwing up the, the clock management thing but so the things that are Mike McCarthy's fault are, are Mike McCarthy's fault and the things that are Quinn are Quinn and so I mean I, I think that you have to make sure that the blame goes into the correct person however when it's penalties repeatedly penalties and when you have it the the constant things that's go and the clock management and the, and and the dreadful play calling and 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 McCarthy himself doesn't even seem like he's aware of his own own team's limitations because he's he just seems like he's in his own sense of of, of like we're we're going to be fine. I mean that this is what will cause you to lose games and I, and I think when you look at everything together and I posted it on, I I tweeted it you just see just. I mean, it's bad. There's a lot of things. It's really bad. And I think all those things collectively, that that just points to clearly you have a bad head coach, and that's going to be a problem until the Cowboys fix that. Hellman, final point on Mike McCarthy is yours here uh, from NinjaNet. says he was supposed to bring this knowledge of what a Super Bowl mentality is, and so far we haven't seen it. I would say that to say we haven't seen it would be unfair, um, but it hasn't been sterling, and there have definitely been um, some – disconnects where we wouldn't like them to be yeah and, and i mean it, it it's not like you know he hasn't come in and, and magically you know won the super bowl in his first year even the first few years um that being said he did do some no cowboys coach has done which is back-to-back -back 12 win seasons which is back-to-back -back, uh playoff appearances by the same coach since the you know, barry switzer days the, the glory days of the 90s so i mean he has done a lot of good to say that he's a bad coach is just laughable, quite quite honestly. I mean, this is a guy who's won a Super Bowl, which, by the way, like Dan Quinn, great coach. He didn't win a Super Bowl as a head coach. He got there and he lost. Dan, uh, Mike McCarthy actually got there and he won. And, uh, I mean, the, there's just the resume. Like, he he has done this and he's done it at a high level. And, um, I mean, we can talk about whether or not he has 
lived up to his expectations in Dallas so far. I think to this point, probably I would say he's like teetering right around, like has met expectations, not exceeded because he's turned them into a consistent winner and he's, he's gotten them to the playoffs two straight years. Um, and, and even did really well last year when he didn't have Dak Prescott, but obviously the, the whole thing that he was brought in for was to get them a Super Bowl. And if, if he goes his entire tenure and does not get them a Super Bowl, ultimately it will be a failure. Um, it, it's of course, it's hard to really make that determination in the middle of his coaching tenure. Um, as far as the penalties go, I mean, that, that's something that like, like, like Danny was saying, if it's, if it's offensive penalties, it, it really falls on the guy who's in charge of the offense in my mind, which is McCarthy. If it's defensive penalties, it falls on the, the guy who's in charge of the defense. At the same time, these are professionals making millions of dollars. They've been playing the game for a while. It's not rookies that are making these mistakes. They got to take responsibility and accountability. And as for the, the the 12 men on the field too, like keep in mind that the Chargers were going into this game. They were second in the league in, in fastest pace per play between each play. Like they, they get up to the line of scrimmage, they get the play call in and they run it very fast, uh, regardless of what kind of game situation they're in, whether they're leading, they're trailing, whatever. They move really fast. And for a defense like Dallas, who subs a lot, that's going to get you in trouble with some of those 12 men on the field calls. And it happened with Dallas. So with, with those particular penalties, I'm not like necessarily worried. That's not been a recurring. That specific penalty has not been recurring for them. I think that's just a case of Kellen Moore runs his offense fast. He knew he was going to get, get a chance for some of those penalties to be called. And it happened. Mm. Okay, this concludes the Mike McCarthy portion of the discussion. The Cowboys did win yesterday, just so we're all clear. Um, you know, but you know, sometimes you have to have difficult conversations. This next one is a difficult one. We can have this respectfully, um, because I think I know what you're all going to answer. I think you're all going to say worse. Um, uh, but there's been a lot of um, there've been negative tweets about this. It's fine to have this discussion, but we can be polite about it. Uh, Brandon, do you feel better or worse? about the Cowboys wide receiver trio of CeeDee Lamb, Brandon Cooks, and Michael Gallup? I feel worse. Yeah, I think I think that's the obvious answer. You know, we were talking about on the writer's block that aired earlier today on the podcast network. And, uh, you know, the it, it was uh, Michael Gallup had three grabs on 10 targets. So a 30% uh, rate of return, I guess, you know, on, on, on passes to him was is awful. And, and of those seven incompletions, I think – there was only other. There was only two other incompletions Dak threw the rest of the night to all everybody else he threw to. So the majority of his incompletions were to Michael Gallup. You know, unfortunately, like I've given Michael Gallup a long leash. You know, obviously for the ACL injury. You know, obviously the contract that he has. Like I know there's an out coming up here that you know it's like 13 million in 2024. You know, you know that's something to think about. But I feel like it, it is time. You know, it's for for Michael Gallup to maybe slide down the the totem pole. Maybe to receiver for. I'm not saying let's get him off the roster yet or anything like that. But I, you know, I kind of want to see. I do want to see more Turp. I know Turp's a smaller guy, but I think Kevante Turpin would be somebody I'd like to see a little bit more of. And obviously Jalen Tolbert, where uh, you know he I think he had about 70% of the snaps when when Brandon Cooks was out earlier in the year. So I'd like to see a little bit more Tolbert, which is kind of crazy for me to say because I wasn't the biggest Tolbert believer for a long time. So I, you know, I had to eat a little crow on that. So I'm I'm, I'm going to own that one, but. You know, and I was looking at the numbers, you know, for, you know, for, for Tolbert, it's a smaller sample size, but out of the nine targets he's had this year, seven of them were completed. So he's, he's almost at 80%. You know, I know it's a smaller sample size, but you know, Tolbert, Tolbert's played a lot better. 
but the, the the drawback is I don't you know I don't know from you know he's he's been the special teams ace since you know CJ Goodwin's been out so it's like do you kind of weigh that a little bit Turpin's a special teams guy so it's there's a lot of factors involved but Michael Gallup had had two drops one that ended the drive and then one that was Dak threw a dime like Dak threw it right in the, he threw it right at you know it was in between the three defenders right in the end zone and 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 he just dropped it so it, it's I think there's a confidence thing going on, you know, I, and, and, you know, I hate to say that, but I feel like it's, I don't know if he trusts his knee hundred percent on Gallup. I just don't. And, and right now I feel like he's in his head about it. I'd like to see him. Maybe they, maybe they, they cut his workload a little bit and maybe send a message and, and maybe we get a little more uh, turpin at earth Holbert. Um, David asked in the comment section, what Michael Gallup's completion rate is. Um, he's been targeted 32 times so far this season. Uh, second most on the team. Uh, has 18 receptions. So not exactly glowing. Uh, Houtman, I'm sorry, Brandon. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, yeah, I think it was 56% uh, completion yeah. percentage to, to Gallup. So it's not, it's not pretty. Um, Danny, this is really a question about Michael Gallup. I think everybody feels great about CD, obviously. And um, it was very cool to see CD kind of call for the ball and then deliver on that on Monday night. It was certainly the best game that Brandon Cooks has had as a member of the Cowboys. Um, you have a touchdown. You have a, a really important third down conversion that's going to do that, that kind of stuff. So, again, this is really about Michael Gallup. I just didn't want to say it that way. Um, your thoughts? I don't think it is. I think it's a you got to include Brandon Cooks in here, too, because, I mean, yeah, he scored a touchdown. But, I mean, who who – could even say they're remotely close to being satisfied to what their expectations was for Brandon Cooks. He's he's just com been completely, you know, invisible to to this offense so far. I, you know, we were excited about this group, on um, and we, and this is a talented group. I I know Michael Gallup has had a rough go, and you know it's clear that he hasn't been playing to to, to his capability. But I'm not ready to give up on him. I, I do think that the offense has just created some some issues overall for everybody. Um, I mean, obviously, C.D. Lamb. He, nobody's going to doubt his how good he is. He's frustrated with things, um, and I think you just got to give these guys opportunities. And Brandon Cooks, you know, when you, I thought they did, I like the jet sweep that they did. You know, I, I think finding ways to get him involved is good, and I think the Cowboys just haven't been able to do that yet. You know, I'm 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 hopeful that like what Howman said is like, and you know, and I and I felt this a few weeks ago when we were still winning, but the offense still was kind of looking sus and it's um it, yeah it's weird me saying that i'm sorry i have i have kids around me uh, um but that was awesome <laughs> yeah, that was great. but uh but i'm hoping that it's going to get better i mean mccarthy has to have some of his good plays of you know still i mean and, and work through some of these things and i'm hoping the bye week provides opportunity to do that because i know he's a better play caller than what he's he's showing us <laughs> so far. <laughs> um, but I will say that honestly, I, I don't, I think it's too hard to be critical of these guys because I mean, if that's the case, let's be critical of my, of Tony Pollard and, and, and everybody that plays offense, because there's just a lot of problems going on. And I think it's, I think it's just maybe a little unfair to just, you know, be too overly uh, critical of these guys. Um, we have a few more to get to. So Howman, um, I don't mean to say hurry up, but you know, Make it make it a little bit quicker pace here because we have three left. Yeah, I mean, like like you said, CD Lamb has been you know he he's been great. Uh, aside from some comments he made after the 49ers game that he obviously very quickly atoned for with, with his performance against the Chargers. Brandon Cooks, um, to Danny's point, like the first first five weeks 
I totally agree. He had a really great game week six. It could just be a case of like him and Dak, are, you know, their chemistry is really starting to click now. He's getting a little more comfortable with with his quarterback, his new offense, hoping that's the case and he comes out and he's he's has more games like that. Michael Gallup is tricky because he had, you know, he, he had two really good performances. I, I tweeted this out after the 49ers game. In weeks three and four, uh, Dak Prescott averaged a 113.2 passer rating when he was targeting Gallup, which very, very good. Gallup was great in those two games. Since then, he has not been nearly as good um, against the Chargers. He's struggled especially. Um, I did think that his defenders kind of got away with a little bit too much physicality on some of those plays, but at the same time, Gallup is still, he's been that kind of contested catch guy. He should be making a lot of those catches. Um, so I don't know if I'm ready to necessarily say like, you know, bench him and, and get Tolbert in there. Cause he has shown this year that he still has some juice. Um, but definitely, uh, after these last two game, games, I do feel slightly worse about the receiving core than I did, uh, certainly a few weeks ago and definitely coming into the season. Um, okay. Um, I think that these were all fair answers. Danny, I think it's fair to include Brandon Cooks, um, depending on what you're, you know, answering this relative to, uh, because at training camp, we thought like Brandon Cooks was going to be amazing. I mean, Brandon Cooks has had a thousand yards everywhere, right? Like we, it was inevitable that Brandon Cooks was going to get a thousand yards and it doesn't seem like, I don't know exactly what he's on pace for, but I would guess it is shy of a thousand yards at this point in time. So um, we'll see. So I, I do think that that's a fair inclusion on your part. Uh, we have two kind of general ones that we'll save for the end. Uh, Kevin um, demanded this one uh, we're going to get to right now. Uh, but before we do an update on the score, Brandon, you got to pick up the pace. 35 points, Kalman 43. Danny, you actually picked up eight total points for your sus usage. Uh, so <laughs> keep that in mind. Uh, you do lead the way with 45 at this point in time. I almost hope you win um, and have, uh, have that to thank for it. Uh, but we'll see. It's a long game still. Uh, so better or worse, the ability of the Cowboys run game. I almost titled this Hellman. Uh, better or worse, the Cowboys' decision to franchise tag Tony Pollard. But I think we knew the Cowboys were kind of – they had no choice, really, given the lack of explosive playmakers on the roster at the time. Uh, but still, the run game has been really disappointing, especially for somebody in Mike McCarthy who, however much you believe him or not, wanted to make this a focus. Um, some of that's on him. Some of that's on Tony Pollard. Some of that's on the offensive line. I mean, they've played six games, and for only a third of them have they had their intended starters. Um, so it's a bit of a bummer in an overall sense. Yeah, it's been it's de I definitely feel worse about the run game, um, especially with, uh, with with Brian Schottenheimer being the offensive coordinator. He's coordinated some really great run games specifically. I know he gets a lot of flack because he is a very run heavy coordinator generally throughout his tenure. But he is he, he does do a really great job of designing his run plays and bringing over Mike Solari, who was his offensive line coach when he was in Seattle as well. I had really high hopes for the run game because they just they're they're so much more creative with how they coordinate their run schemes in previous uh, previous coaching tenures, and I thought with the offensive line with Tony Pollard adding in Deuce Vaughn, who also he was a healthy scratch, um, and, and you know unfortunately he earned that healthy scratch with some of his play recently. It, it seems like everything related to the run game, except for when Dak Prescott is is keeping the ball and, and running for a touchdown, has just really not at all gone according to plan. I'm not really entirely sure what the fix is. I think going into this buy, that's the number one thing that this offense really needs to work on fixing and figure out what the solution is to solving that run game. Because if it's if it's going to be like that Chargers game every week where Dak's got to go out and and be under duress and be making plays and and has to 
have those miraculous throws where he's across his body to Tony Pollard or, or, uh, you know, Brandon Cooks has to go up and make that big catch on third down. Like if that, if you're doing that every single week and you can't have a reliable run game to some degree, you're not going to be able to have much success long run. So that's to me the, the biggest thing with this offense that they need to fix right now. Brandon. Yeah, the the run game has been a problem all all year. It's I, every stat that I look at, you can see the Cowboys are obviously committed to the run. You know, how many made the point about Schottenheimer? You know, Mike McCarthy wants to, he he said it in you know at, at the combine this past year. So like they're sticking to their guns on that, but the results aren't there. Like they're they're top twelve in majority of the of the statistics at you know besides average. Their average yards per carry is is under four, which is not really good. It's it's towards the bottom of the league right now. So to me, I I feel like, and I might get some heat for this, and that's fine. I'll take it. Tony Pollard, to me, he he's to me, you're paying him over ten million dollars this year for a guy who I don't think is a lead a lead running back in the NFL. I just that's I think he's I think he's more of a he's a situational run, running back. I think he's a change of pace guy. I just don't think you know he he can he can get it done from time to time, but he's not you know not everybody's a Derrick Henry where he's gonna you know be able to run you know hammer you know, in the fourth quarter or a Zeke in his prime, you know, in the fourth quarter, I think we're missing that. And I know Zeke, you know, Zeke, you know, was what he was, this, you know, last year. And obviously you're seeing it this year with the Patriots, but I, I think I'd like, you know, for what we have on the roster right now, I'd like to see more Rico Dottle. I think he's the, you know, I think he's the guy, you know, or Hunter Lepke. I want to see some more, you know, I want to see some guys that, you know, are more, more of a downhill. They're going to lay their shoulder into you. Pollard's just trying to make some moves and get, you know, get downfield pretty quick. So for me, he's more, he's a finesse back. And I mean, he was a receiver in college as well. So he's, you know, he's, he's got that ability, obviously. But for me, I think, you know, long-term, I think the Cowboys may want to look in the draft this coming year for a running back that, you know, has some weight to him. Like there's a guy that uh, beat up on my Syracuse Orange this past weekend, Trey Benson, he's a very solid running back. You know, a guy like that would be a day two, day three pick. I'm not saying, you know, use a heavy capital, on a running back, but I'm saying like a, you know, late day two, early day three going forward, because I, I think, I think the, the loss of a power back, you know, is, is you know, I think it's hurting the running game. Cause I, I do, I do think that's what's holding this offense back is, you know, Tony Pollard, it just isn't that guy like Zeke was a couple of years ago or what, you know, Derrick Henry has been for many years. I think we need a guy who is all, who's a hammer. I, I like Tony Pollard, obviously, but we need a, we need a hammer in there. Uh, Danny, two parts of this. One, did you know that Brandon is a Syracuse fan? And two, um, do you agree that the Cowboys miss Zeke Elliott? Uh, I did, and they, they do not miss <laughs> they do not miss Zeke Elliott. No, um, I I will say this. So many words I have. Uh, now the Cowboys were smart to tag him in the sense of now they're not committed. And honestly, I was surprised when Asante Samuel Jr. cut Tony Pollard because I thought he was gone. And I mean, this is the thing is, is we, I, I love Tony Pollard too, but running backs, they, they just take, you know, it takes a toll and you do lose the juice and I'm sorry, Zeke lost the juice and, and uh, it's just, it's just something that happens. And um, with Tony Pollard, I, I want to say this though, I of all the things that I complain about with McCarthy. I don't necessarily believe that the running game is one of those things as far as how he is going about scheming it. Um, I did, I did tweet earlier that I mentioned like, the Cowboys yards per play right now is worse than it's been since like 2005. And that's just how bad through all the, you know, Garrett coordinators and, and, and Kellen and then everybody it's, it's, you know, it's worse than all that. So you have to go back to actually Sean Payton, who's the Broncos guy when he was the passing game coordinator. That's, that's how bad it's been. But also at the same, that same year, 
is the last time that the, the Cowboys were running the ball as ineffective as they are right now. It's, it's You have to go back that far. But I will say this, to McCarthy's credit, it's not necessarily with what he has dialed up. It's the fact that he's got his, got, his guys are getting pushed around. I mean, the, the linemen are getting pushed back, and they're not only just getting pushed back, but they're they're um, they're they're allowing them to disengage and then just having free shots on our on our ball carriers. I just think that the Cowboys are just getting out physical, to be quite honest. But I will say this: this part is McCarthy's fault. His lack of <laughs> his lack of to take deep field shots and 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 having these defenders come up there. And if you look at at the Chargers last week, I mean, you'd had so many guys. It's tough to get all these hats on hats because there's just too many of them and nobody's scared of the Cowboys taking these shots. And I think that's the part that needs to be corrected. If you ask, like, I don't know how to fix it. Well, make them, make them um, respect your passing game. And then that's how you'll, you'll fix it. Because uh, I, I do think that collectively everything that the Cowboys are doing, has just been really ineffective, but the way to do that is to change their way and start to have more of a, of a kind of a Kellen Moore type of offense. Um, I don't want to pick on him specifically, uh, but it, Terrence Steele has been, I think, one of the worst players in the Cowboys for the first six games of the season. And that's just kind of representative of where the problems are right now um, is these dudes and these cornerstones that you thought you could count on aren't living up to it right now. Uh, but hopefully the bye week kind of comes and settles everybody down. Okay, Kevin, that was your topic. Congratulations. We have two more left. They're effectively the same thing, but um, they're different. Uh, here's a look at the score right now. Brandon, you have 52 points. Howman, 48 Danny 55 again that sus has got you in the lead uh, so make sure you do everything you can to hold on to it um, so this is better or worse uh, both of them relative to last week really um, and how we felt on around roundtable time a week ago however you want to look at that uh, how many you're at first better or worse the idea that the Cowboys are an NFC contender because I think a week ago maybe we said yeah they are kind of by proxy um, but they can't beat the 49ers so what does it really matter um, but you know, winning helps a lot with a lot of things. And while Monday night was frustrating, the Cowboys did win. Yeah. I mean, I don't think my opinion on this has changed from last week just because, um, you know, that, I mean, the Cowboys, they, they beat the chargers, but they didn't necessarily look dominant doing it. And, uh, you know, I'm not necessarily saying that it was a, it was a bad win. I don't think there is such a thing as a bad win. Um, and I'm, I'm certainly not one to complain about winning, um, but I mean, the, the Chargers are to their credit, they are a good team. Their, their losses have come to teams that aren't, you know, aren't too shabby. Justin Herbert's playing good. Um, their biggest problem was that the defense has been really iffy in a lot of big spots and to their credit, they played a, a I think probably their statistically their best game of the year against the Cowboys. Um, and I mean, the Chargers are a good team, like beating them is a good thing, but at the same time, uh, after the way that they lost to the 49ers, I don't think there was really a whole lot short of a complete and total blowout of the Chargers that would have really made me feel better. And uh, I'm, I'm not going to feel worse after they get a win um, just because I, I I don't think after that 49ers loss, I could have felt worse about their status as a legitimate NFC contender. I still feel this is a team that's you know talented enough. They're going to win games. They might even win their division, especially with the Eagles losing this past week. That helps. They have a really tough schedule coming up um, and, you know, they're, they're going to make the playoffs most likely. Do I think they can get out of the, out of the NFC, get to the Super Bowl? My mind last week, I said no, and it still hasn't changed. Brandon, I'm going to reshape this question for you. 
prior to the season starting, everyone kind of collectively agreed that the top three teams in the NFC were the Niners, the Eagles, and Cowboys, in whatever order people had them. Um, do you think the Cowboys are still one of the three best teams in the conference, or have the Lions surpassed them? I think at this stage of the game, I, I do think the Detroit Lions have surpassed them. I think the Detroit Lions are playing some really good ball. Dan uh, Dan uh, Campbell, he's, he's you know former Cowboys tight end. He's 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 one of those guys, and I know I know Hallman's a big Lions guy. I know he, he was talking about them a lot this past year. So you know, Hallman was I, the I, only I, one. No, nobody spoke about the Lions last year. Nobody, no, no, not no, not ad no. nauseum at all. Right. No. So credit to Hallman on that. I will I will pass that along. <laughs> I love you, but, Hallman. Uh, that, have, that wasn't a Hallman shot. I was just really annoyed yeah. by the collective world. So. But I mean, the Cowboys to me are four. So like, if you if I had a, you know they slide down past the Lions because right now I think it's the Niners, the Eagles, the Lions, and then the Cowboys. I, and the Cowboys to answer to answer the, the the original question, you know they they still are they're better. They're still a contender. I'm not I'm not concerned about that. They're a playoff team. I still think they're going to win ten or eleven games this year easily. But right now, I just think I, I do think they're just a tier below the top three right now. And uh, you know I, I'm. As you know, somebody who's been following the league my entire life, the Detroit Lions. Um, imagine if they won a Super Bowl. That'd be crazy. I just, you know, but they, but they're playing some good ball. They have some guys that, you know, like the, uh, like uh, what's his name there, uh, uh, Goff. I mean, he's been playing well. I mean, I had a, that's I had not a, where I thought you were going. <laughs> no, Goff. Goff is a guy who, who was, you know, he was a first round pick, uh, you know, from the Rams, and and. He was essentially like a throw-in, you know, for that L.A. Rams trade where, you know, they gave, you know, the Detroit Lions got all these picks and they got Goff. The Rams, they got Stafford. Right now, I mean, the Lions, the Lions did pretty well on that trade. You know, Goff is playing some good, you know, good football. Amara St. Brown is a really good, a good player. Jameer Gibbs is good. Uh, they, they got some, they got some weapons there. And obviously Aiden Hutchinson is one of the best pass rushers in the league. And uh, I think, I think they're putting it all together. And, I think the Jacksonville Jaguars might have regretted uh, not taking Aiden Hutchinson first because uh, he's he's a, one of the best guys in the league right now. Um, who, who else do they have, uh, Howman? Who else do the Lions have? They got oh, Dan Samuel Campbell, Porter. baby. Well, do they have a tight end you like? Sam Porter. Yeah, they, they do have a tight end that, that's doing pretty good as a rookie, and a whole lot of people are saying, man, how, how did he last till the second round? How did nobody think that – nobody had the, the foresight to think this guy was worthy of like a first-round pick? I um the only thing I would say back to that, Brandon, is you said it would be cool if the Lions won the Super Bowl, and it would, but it would become very annoying very quickly because every NFL team would chase building a Dan Campbell culture, um, and that would get exhausting um on the internet. So um the cynic in me um is against it for that particular reason. But yeah, shout out to Jared Goff. Um right now it's gotta be like what second in MVP voting if MVP were today um behind yeah. Tua. We'll see. Yeah. Uh Danny, the idea that the Cowboys are an NFC contender, do you feel better or worse about that than you did this time last week? Uh I feel worse. Um <laughs> I feel I feel worse. You feel because... worse than you did after the Niners loss, which is uh, correct. Again... Correct. Yeah. yeah oh yeah. my god. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, if you're asking like where what the stock price is, I mean, we're you know, between now and last week, I don't know if it's moved a whole lot. And, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why I'm, you know, that I feel worse is because I, the, the problems that I saw last night are things that I think are are not going to be corrected. And I think that the, this is not a way, like, we're not going to be able to rely on Dak to do what he did last night to, to, to win games like that, because I think that's too, and, and honestly to the defense too, they made some plays. I mean, it's, I, I don't know that you can just, this is a sustainable type of you know, formula to, to win. And, and the schedule is brutal. And I, I, I was hoping that this Cowboys team 
that has been putting us on a roller coaster all year. You know, it's it's either been we have felt really great or terrible. And this is one of those tours like, you know, it's a close game. I was hoping that we would come out of it feeling really great. And then maybe we can look at this as we're only six weeks in. There's still a lot of work to do, a lot of football left. We still have time to get things together. Maybe we see some signs of the McCarthy offense doing some stuff. And then what happens? It like goes the other way and it's even, it's even worse. So no, I'm, I mean, I, I feel like last week I felt like we got eliminated from the playoffs this week. I felt like we're just going in like a, a free roll. Let's see what we could do. And then we, we go out there, we win the game, but I feel like it's just, just another reminder that, we're we're not going to be able to to we're not this this season is not going to be we can't beat the the top teams this this year so no I I feel worse the Cowboys have done this to me they have to show me that they're <laughs> capable of playing good football and that they're just not I mean even even in victory there's just a lot of things that they have put on the field that just makes me concerned. Um, I agreed with you more and more as you went along, Danny. I would reframe it personally and say a week ago, I I'm st- I remain certain, but I was certain that the Cowboys could not beat the 49ers. So that that just felt so devastating because unless somebody else takes care of them, the Cowboys are going to have to go through the 49ers. And so that puts a ceiling on their potential, obviously, as an NFC contender. Um, but I think the collective hope was maybe they just suck against the Niners. Like, like, like maybe that's just their kryptonite. So when they're playing somebody else, they'll return to being superhuman or whatever the case may be. But I guess to your point, um, Monday night exemplified that some of the problems are their own, some of the significant problems, as opposed to the kryptonite in question, which is the 49ers. So uh, interesting perspective there. Last one, Halman, we'll start with you. But again, the score before the final question, everybody. Uh, Danny, 65 points. Brandon, 60. Halman, 57. Play to win, boys. This is not Mike McCarthy at the end of the first half in Los Angeles. Better or worse, overall thoughts on the Cowboys relative to last week. So not necessarily as a contender in the NFC Super Bowl contender, but just how you felt. I know we, this is kind of the same question. I said it that way, but there's a tile up for grabs. So impress us. Helmet, you're up. Yeah. I, overall, I feel better just because, uh, I mean, after that 49ers loss, I felt really bad about this team. And I mean, how could you not? I, I don't think there's anybody that watched that game. and was like, Oh yeah, they're still got a good team. Like they, they was just hyped up so much. I was like, this is the one, like, this is their chance to prove, that you know they can hang with a team like the 49ers and like even if they had gone in and they lost by like three or you know if it was close like it was in the last two playoff games it would still suck to lose the game but at least you could have said you know oh well you know we we fought we we were close in it like we had some good plays here like they just got obliterated like offense defense special teams it was all bad and like there was not a single thing that went right in that game and that was what made it so much like extra depressing was the fact that not only did they like get completely outclassed, but it was just so blatantly obvious that they could not compete with the best of the NFC. Um, and, and then, you know, with this game coming up and with, you know, the hype of it being against Kellen Moore, the fact that it's their last game before the bye, that, that it's coming off that loss. I was kind of of the mindset, like, if they lose this game and they're losing three of their last four, they go into the bye and they don't even have a chance to, you know, just get right back out there and play another game. Like, that could be something that fractures this locker room and they just have to sit on that feeling for a little bit. And I I was like, that could be the worst case scenario because they're all going to be, you know, off on their own for a week, you know, having having that that feeling with them. And you don't know what you're going to get when they come back into the team facility and Mike McCarthy gets back in front of them. So I, I think it was absolutely crucial to get this win. Um, 
any sort of win, whether it was a blowout, whether it was a close win like we got. Um, obviously, there's still a lot to clean up. It was sloppy. The, the run game was was really bad. The defense was, uh, to, to borrow Danny's words, the defense was sus at some point, but they did step up and make some big plays at the end when they needed to. Um, special teams had a couple of uncharacteristically bad plays for them. So, like, it, it wasn't a game that made me say, yeah, like, we're back. Like, Cowboys are a super team again. But it was like they, they avoided the worst possible scenario of how they could have responded from that game. And they came out and won. So I, I do feel better, but I, I still need to see a little bit more. Yeah, uh, it kind of feels like, um, to me, how many I mentioned the new Spider-Man games coming out this weekend. Like when you are playing a video game and you can't beat like a certain level. And you're just like trying over and over and over and over again. Um, and you get it done, but with like 2% life. And you're like, who cares? Like, I'll just, I'll figure it out. Like, I'll buy, you know, refueling, you know, whatever. Like, I'll, I'll get like... I'll figure it out, but I'm I'm at a new checkpoint. I'm at a new safe point. Like this particular boss is behind me. Uh, Danny, uh, with the sus usage, I know that you totally understood that analogy. Uh, Brandon, do you feel better or worse about the Cowboys relative uh, to this time last week? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, how could you not? 42 to 10 last week. I think yeah, a lot of Cowboys Nation thought the sky was falling. I was not one of them. I I, I was. I said it on last week's show. I said that you know obviously it was a it was a terrible loss, but. They played against the best team in the in the league with the 49ers. I know they just lost this past weekend, but I still stand pat that they are the best team in the in the, in the league right now. So you know that to me, I was like, all right, they're just not ready to play a team like the Niners. They're just not ready to put their big boy pants on and play against the the uh, the, the top uh, upper echelon uh, teams in the not only the conference but in the league. But when you're fourth in the conference, you know you're you're, you're behind the, the 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 big three. I think it's I think it's the big three we talked about, and then it's the Cowboys and everybody else. They're they're gonna make the team. They're gonna make the playoffs as a wild card team. I'm not too concerned about that. So I, I'm feeling good, you know, about that from that perspective. But as I said on the writers' block this this week, you know, it was very sloppy and it wasn't the prettiest win. But a win is a win is a win. So I'm 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 completely fine with obviously getting wins. I don't care. Like you're gonna have to win sloppy games. But Again, their their Achilles heel that still concerns me is the penalties, like these and, and these boneheaded mistakes that are going to come back to to bite us bite us in the end when it comes to the playoffs because playoff teams and Super Bowl contenders they don't they don't make those uh, those those boneheaded plays that the Cowboys seem to make. It didn't. It, it made I felt like it made the Chargers game this you know this past week a little bit closer than it should have been to be to be frank, but the Cowboys still won that's not going to happen every single week. Like the, you, you know, if you're playing against the Niners, the, the, you know, the, the Eagles, the lions, when you play against teams like that, you, you need to pack your lunch and go in and, 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 and be on your game. Because if you make these mistakes, they're going to make you pay for it. And the Niners made us pay for it 42 to 10 this past week. So, you know, this is a good win. There's still some work to do. There's still, like I said, there's still a 10 and 10 or 11 win team this year, which is going to get them in the playoffs. But I think I understand where their ceiling is. And to Danny's point earlier, I think we all know where the ceiling is. So, you know, I'm, I'm okay with that right now. But I think I think there's going to be some changes if, if the Cowboys cannot make it to the NFC uh, championship game this year. So there's going to be a lot of changes if, if, it, if that doesn't happen. Danny, I like D-Day-2's comment to set you up. Says they won again that they didn't have a huge lead-in. That was a good sign, at least. First time this season, obviously their other wins had been blowouts uh, of the highest order. They'd been blown out in one. And even the Cardinals game, while they weren't blown out, um, they were kind of chasing things all day long. So this was kind of the first 
back and forth game they played. If again, if you're really trying to to spin some positive things, you do have that going for you. They did have a fourth quarter drive to take the lead and then a fourth quarter drive where they held defensively. So you could take that and you could feel better, even if you don't feel better about them being an NFC contender. Honestly, that's a, that's too much spinning, and I I'm, I get dizzy <laughs> by it because I I think that the thing about it is yeah you're right it was a close game and and you know to, to what Hellman was saying you know I, he was saying some words that I actually agreed with and we were talking about how you know if we would have lost this game I think it could have like it could have fractured things and but just to think of that how close the Cowboys actually were to that moment I think it really tells you why we sh- should be feeling you know a little bit unsettled right now and i think that that's why my thoughts i do feel worse and unlike brandon too is what he was saying is you know yeah it sounds like they, they they have identified their ceiling but i am not happy with this this is a team that has the players and has the ability to actually do something and i feel like they're squandering it this is what's frustrating about it you know you talk about i don't think the de- defense was sus last night i think there were moments where they 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 made some bad plays and but let's be honest they're trying to figure figure things out without LVE and Diggs. And like Bland's going to make some mistakes and other guys, they're going to make some mistakes. But if you look at it, there you can have a nice list of guys that just came up and made huge plays. And, th- and that defense came through for, for the Cowboys. That gives me hope. But on the other side of the ball, we have problems. And one thing I will say is that if if they can figure some things out, and it's all is not lost because it's still early. If they can figure some things out, and we do have Dak Prescott, we do have CD Lamb, we got some good players. Um, maybe our offensive line just needs to get a little healthier. I don't know. But if they can figure some things out, you know, and just get this offense working, then suddenly we got a different conversation going on here because I mean, I feel like this the Cowboys have an opportunity, but they just have to go out there and play good football. I'm disappointed because I think that they didn't play all that great football. Defensively, pretty good. Offensively, left a lot to be desired, with the exception of Prescott, who you know just ran for his life and made plays. But to me, I just that's why I'm at where I'm at right now. I mean, but there's like I said, it's it's still early. Um, okay. Uh, very quickly, um, here, and then we'll get to the winner. Uh, I think that's well said, Danny. Uh, the Cowboys are four and two. I said on this week's episode of the NFC East mixtape, which will come out on Wednesday, that Thanksgiving is kind of like the second checkpoint of the NFL season. Um, obviously the Cowboys are at their first, given that it's their bye week. So the Cowboys are four and two. Um, their four games before Thanksgiving are the Rams at home coming out of the bye. Then they travel to Philadelphia. They get the Giants at home. And then they are in Carolina the Sunday before Thanksgiving, which you, if you if you have been around long enough, you know the Sunday before Thanksgiving can get a little bit weird for the Cowboys. But that being said, I just want a record prediction. They're 4-2 and two now. Hellman, when we're sitting down, getting all tripped to fan up, what is the Cowboys record? 7-3. Uh, and three. What's the loss? Eagles. Okay, Brandon. I'm going to go 8-2. and two. So you're saying they're sweeping them all, but you only have them as a ten and or eleven win team. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna do some falling apart in December. Okay, <laughs> okay. Uh, Danny Phantom. I mean, I'm gonna agree with Howman, but I tell you what, I'm a little more worried about that Rams game to worry. I, it wouldn't surprise me if they if they snuck in another loss there, but I just you look at that and they 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 got to come through with, with three out of four here. Okay, so um, we all think because I'm I'm with you, Hellman, um, exactly seven and three with the loss in Philly. I think they split with Philly this year. I'm fine giving each team the home win. That just makes logical sense. Um, if they're seven and three heading into Thanksgiving against the Commanders and a chance to get to eight and three, I mean, look, we'd all be pretty pleased, would we not? With seven and three, 
by thanks yeah. by Thanksgiving Day, right? We'd all be happy. Let's let's yeah. let's hope for that. Let's yeah. cross our fingers. Let's hope that the, the Tuesday Thanksgiving week roundtable has the Cowboys at least at seven and three. So, all right, um, time to crown a winner. Is everybody ready? You guys don't sound ready at all. But anyway. Uh, yeah, we're, we're <laughs> thank you. Uh, Hellman had the highest uh, level of energy uh, despite finishing last. Hellman had 67 points tonight. Uh, Brandon, congratulations. Nice. Uh, 69 points. But our roundtable winner, Danny Phantom, working the crowd, working the sus. Um, Danny, what do you have to say? I doubted your video game prowess. Maybe you want to dunk on me for that. Maybe you're a gamer and I don't even know that. Like, you know, how are you feeling right now, Danny? I'm sure the emotions are all over the place. <laughs> I'm not feeling any better, to be honest. <laughs> but I will say this: um, I'm surprised because I knew I knew I wasn't going to bring a lot of positive energy to this discussion. And uh, but I feel like you know what we do, we just got to we have to keep it real. Cal- the 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 barometer on, on the Cowboys Nation right now. The, it, this is where we're at, and, and we just have to to try to get our minds around what we're dealing with and and try to fix the right problems and. And I that and I guess you know maybe there's more people that agree with me than I realize. So and for that I I feel good. Brandon, I was I was waiting for him to say yeet. You know that's what I was thinking. I heard, <laughs> <laughs> I heard sus. I was like I was waiting for yeet when he gets declared winner. So man, Brandon, I wish you had won uh, for that. That was <laughs> that was really really funny. I'm gonna uh, have to Google that one. <laughs> make sure you're in incognito mode, Danny. Uh, you know just just to be safe. Uh, yeah. Wow. Um, Hellman, do you have anything to add to um, the vernacular, I guess, that we're learning here tonight? Um, I don't know. I've, I've all been lingoed out already. Okay. Um, all right. Actually, we'll, we'll throw it back and say it was real groovy. Uh, <laughs> Hellman, I, uh, I want you to close us out. Um, it's a two-part question. Uh, the first is you saw Oppenheimer eight times in theater. Is that correct? Just seven. Just seven. Excuse me. Um, so that... <laughs> Danny, Danny's <laughs> eyebrows raised really high right there. Um, wow. um, so that being said, Halman, uh, you're a very public uh, Swifty. Um, will you watch uh, the Eras Tour movie more times in theater than you did Oppenheimer? And then we get out of here. Go. Um, I will see it. I will see it multiple times. I don't think I'm going to hit seven times or more. Um, but it, it will be multiple times because you can't turn down an opportunity like that. 